Hello and welcome to another wonderful, wonderful, extra super spectacular, super califragilistic expiologist episode of. All right, all right, wrap it up. Ken, I try to I try to escalate these every week for the listeners at home. All right. At this point, we're a religious text. I think I think that's where we're at. Okay, okay. So now I just gotta like go back to I gotta go minimalist now. Hi, it's Norm the FM. What's up? Here. Hi, I'm Eric. That's Ken. But joining us today, we do have a very very special guest, a Mr. John. Phipps? I, I was telling Ken I wasn't 100% sure how to pronounce that last name, so I was my, just going to butcher it. It's weird, because my, my, my name is actually Jim Rogers. I don't know mm. what this John Phipps shit... No, that's me. Um, and uh, No, no, dude, dude, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, the Mass Effect trilogy, so I'm always willing to talk. Uh, whatever you guys want to talk about, about Mass Effect, man, I'm here for it. Oh, this is a Dragon Age podcast. This is really mm. awkward, huh? God. That's fine. I'll yeah. talk about Cassandra a little bit. You know, we can talk oh, about hey, Solus. Yeah. Uh, you know, do talk. a little Solus Ooh. talk. And uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Whatever you guys want to do, I'm I'm game. Are you are you a Solus fan? Because I have recently found out that there were people out there who not only enjoyed the presence of Solus, but possibly even romanced him. And all no, of that just seems no Solus can Solus can eat my entire butt. Okay, good. All right, we're all on the same page. Then Solus sucks. <laughs> he's a Natalie terrible. is listening. He's a, he's a, he's a, yeah. Poor Natalie. Like like mm. like. Natalie's a friend. <laughs> Natalie, when you hear this, I'm sorry if if, if you listen to this, but uh, but but no no no. Solus is a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, she's not, she's not here. This is a safe space to say whatever you want about Solus. <laughs> Look, friends don't let friends romance Solus. All right, that's what we do here. But today, we're going to be friends for some different friends of ours. We're going to be helping out some friends that are in trouble because one of our favorite characters in the entire Mass Effect universe is in a bit of hot water. we got to go clear it up on the Corian migrant fleet. Tali's got to get her name cleared because apparently some geth turned on on the migrant fleet, which is... So this is the setup of the loyalty mission for Tali. And, and the first thing that blew my mind, even replaying it all these years later, was they don't have, like systems in place in case the geth ever infiltrate the the migrant fleet like they are sworn enemies and they seem to have very little in the way of what yeah it's weird right because you know i mean i mean like you know up to mass up to that point in mass effect 2 like um the admiralty board has made a really big deal about the fact that you know the geth are our mortal enemies right like we Mm -hmm. we don't like the geth and um and then all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, it's like, uh, but but it's like you know, hey guys, should we have like a warning system in place in case these these sentient robots ever 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 try to do us harm or threaten us? And they're like, no, don't don't sweat it, dude. It's fine. Like, just send me a text message. You know, I'll I'll round the <laughs> troops up. It's it's fine. Send me, you know, like give me a call. You know, like if I'm not there, you can, you know, I don't know, drop me a voicemail. I'm probably doing whatever, but I'm sure it's fine. We're always moving. They can't catch us if we're always moving. You just got to duck and move. They can't catch us. So that, you know, you can't catch us if we keep moving and then you just throw out the roll oh. safe gif. 
Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We'll say it. Uh, Ken, we've talked a lot leading into this episode about how awesome Mass Effect 2 is about bringing us into places that we didn't really get to see in the first game, especially, you know, in the first game we got this very, um, let's say, rose-tinted view mm. of the universe. We're going to all these magnificent vistas and nice places, and Mass Effect 2 has been a lot of scummy back alleys and... Right clubs where people get murdered (laughs) and uh so in that respect like where do you this is the first time we're seeing the corian fleet Mm. and where does it kind of fall on that spectrum for you like does this feel like this cool idealistic like wow look at this this is the corian fleet or you show up and you're like oh wow this place looks bad (laughs) i would say it's probably on that the second end because it you get here and you get like a basically a grand tour of how fucked up this place is because you get sort of like the wide spectrum of viewpoints, just, like, the state of these people from these these admirals, and it gets to, like, like I noted here, Chorus is basically worst person you know, makes excellent point, personified. Um, <laughs> Hangarol's just the absolute, like, it's nice that he's on your side, but he's also, like, good lord, could you be, like, worse at strategy? Could you be less equipped for your job? Well, like, what really struck me about the Admiralty is, when you finally are introduced to them is that is just how zealous they are. Mm. Like, like mm-hmm. I mean, they're I mean, they're a group of zealots, and right. and you know, given my given my history with Tali up to that point, that that really threw me for a loop. They, right. you know, like like I totally understand their hatred of the Geth, but at the same time, as you know, as I was going through you know Tali's loyalty mission, I was I was like, man, I was like, these guys are. You know, I understand. I I completely understand their beef with the Geth, but these these guys are pretty bad. Like they're not. Right. You know, they're they are they are the other side of the extreme. I would say. You know, which mm-hmm. I, I thought was kind of a really interesting dichotomy. Right, and we talked about it before. Like the it kind of makes sense that it has gotten to this point because it's almost like culturally the Geth are as relevant to the Koreans as their suit, as their fleet. Like just like it's so ingrained in the way that they think and the, like their view of the galaxy that I guess it makes sense like they have become these zealots they have become these extremes um and it does make characters like Tally that are kind of more like in the, like not necessarily in the middle per se but just like willing to hear and think about this in a more all-encompassing way rather mm-hmm. than having like these definitive lines that they want to cross well and that's the thing right like like you know Tali's. i mean obviously you know this is natural because Tali's a member of the party she's a player mm-hmm. character and so you're she's gonna you know she's gonna have more nuance than other characters in, in the right. game that are you know not controlled by the player having said that um what struck me the most was i i i got the sense that at this point the admiralty board d- almost sort of defined themselves as an organization by their enmity towards the Geth, you know, like, like, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little contrived to say, but it's almost like, you know, you know how like, you know, like we're not really so different or like, you know, you're nothing without me, you know, all Mm -hmm. those, all those, you know, all those movie tropes, but like, but I, I got that sense that, that at this point they, they, they identified so strongly with their, their hatred of the Geth that it became part of their, part of their entire identity. Right. And and I got the sense that if they lost that, well, you know, where do they go from there? You know, like, do we, right. you know, this is a huge part of who we are now. Who are we if we are not, if we don't have, uh, you know, the Geth as an enemy to antagonize mm-hmm. and in turn be antagonized by? I mean, if we want to get, like, super, super in-depth here and political on the podcast. Um, never stopped us before. <laughs> it's never oh, stopped us before. Um when when you look at any society, they end up kind of being defined by their 
greatest sins in some ways. I mean, in America, it's the Civil War, which still shapes things to this day. And you look at right. the UK and you have the issues that happen over there with colonization and, and Ireland and things like that. And so it, in the same way that those have shaped our nations to this day, that is what has happened with the Koreans, is that they committed their original sin with the Geth and they are still paying for it. And now their society has had to adapt to a life pre and post geth and i think seeing that and in this game and finally getting you know like a rational um corporeal version of what the migrant fleet is rather than just this concept of all these ships floating around in space as they're drifting but you actually see the realities of what it's like i mean it started to make me wonder whether the pilgrimage was actually about you know like oh we want to make sure all our crew people have interesting perspectives or if they were just like we don't have enough food for our people mm. so we literally have to ship them off at the age of puberty and if they come back alive good job like and if they don't then oh well it's 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 a stark perspective to to look at the the Koreans who are kind of seen as these incredible engineers and these incredible minds to see them like, yeah, they're struggling to get by daily every single day. Right. Uh, so we're, we, we come to the, the migrant fleet on a quest though. Uh, Tali's in some hot water. It, it seems like in the first game, she had been sending some of the deactivated, uh, geth tech back to her father for research and as we found out, they have reactivated somehow and taken over her father's ship. And while the Geth are running rampant on this lab ship over yonder, all the admirals want to kick Tally out of the migrant fleet for good and basically exile her. So we've got to defend Tally and figure out how to get the Geth out of the migrant fleet, which is... This is... <sighs> This is the coolest loyalty mission in the game. I'm just going to say it straight up. Like, this mm. this whole setup is really cool because we talked earlier uh, during, like, Samara's mission about how some of the more interesting times in Mass Effect 2 have been where they've decided to let combat go by the wayside and focus more on the dialogue and the decisions that you can make at that end of Mass Effect. And while there's certainly some combat in this mission, it is, like, super surface level. There's no major boss fight or anything like that. It's mostly just... Well, you do need to actually kill the Geth at some point, so I guess we should just let you do that. But we're going to let you mostly just deal with all the politics and also dealing with Tali's relationship with her father, which is kind of the two things that we're really coping with in this mission. Well, and what I thought was most, well, not the most, but one of the most interesting things about this particular loyalty mission is that regardless of the outcome, like she's still Tali Zoravos Normandy at the end mm-hmm. right like she right she loses her like like she is still she's still exiled no matter what um and uh and i, I thought that would like so at, at first i was a little i was a little annoyed because i was like you know i was like okay i was like well what was all that for you know like i you know like i but then i realized that it's like it wasn't so much about it wasn't so much like like yeah the part of the mission obviously is about keeping Tali's loyalty and and bal- trying to balance that with Legion but also I think the real takeaway from the from this particular loyalty mission was that um it was more of a statement on the Corians than it was mm-hmm. anything else mm-hmm. right sort of like the, about yeah sorry <laughs> I would say that if it is sort of like the like I said it's like this grand tour of not only their culture in terms of like how they deal with the guests but it's like how they deal with each other because I thought one of the weirdest things was that we as Shepard end up in charge of like her her case because 
they talk so much about how the Koreans are this family, and like they, like Tyler even has this line of something like, "This is we're a family, and this is just like the worst kind of family meeting." And yet it's an outsider that handles it, and it's sort of like her, like basically like her lawyer. It's it's a, it's like all these sort of um, platitudes that Tally's like trouted out all these all these years through Master One and Two. You kind of see that like, and maybe that's you know coming from an outsider's perspective doesn't really seem to be the case. Well, I was actually able to keep the loyalty of Tali and Legion, which I thought was mm. which I thought was pretty cool. Which uh, is always tough, yeah. Yeah, I was able to use my Paragon option to get them to both agree, um, which was which was really cool because they're two of my favorite characters in the game. Mm. And like one of the most stressful things about that mission, I was, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna lose either Tali or Legion, mm. and I don't want to do that. So like, what do I do? Yeah. And so I I was able. Luckily, my 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 Paragon score was high enough to where I could I could keep them right. both. But man, like that was in the back of my mind. For mm-hmm. almost the entire loyalty mission, I was like, "This is a because some decisions are some like some of these loyalty missions are super easy, right? Because everybody's right. got their everybody's got their favorite characters. Um, but for me, Legion and Tali were two of my favorites, and this this one really had me stressed out the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right. One thing that I I really like that Ken uh, noted in his show notes they dropped in our, our chat here is that there are so many possibilities for what could happen at the end of this. Uh, at the end of this loyalty mission because you you go through you basically find out that tally's father uh keeping in line with the themes of mass effect 2 so far uh is maybe a more complicated person than tally ever knew and uh she has to kind of grapple with her father committing some let's say light treason light treason (laughs) yeah uh and and doing some experiments that ended up costing the lives of of lots of his fellow quarians and definitely are things that make Tali feel very complicated about her father's legacy and uh you're kind of presented with this whole thing where you can either let her lose the case basically and be actually exiled or uh you can kind of present the evidence but it will make Tali mad and then she I, i i've never done it does that actually like get rid of the loyalty for her does she yeah she she doesn't you don't gain her loyalty yeah. Wow. So so basically, like I think that so you do also get the the silver bullet of you just talk real good and everyone's like, yeah, listen to Shepard and everything turns out all right and you get like the best of both worlds. But it beyond that, having that sort of contrast of well, I can either lose on purpose to keep Tally loyal to me, uh, or I can sell Tally out for her own good but she won't be loyal to me anymore because she'll see it as a betrayal. That's super interesting because you find this this character who's been so defined by two things in her life. Well, her I just, father's I, legacy and, and the fleet, and now she's got to choose between the two, and that's going to decide where the loyalty lies. Can we appreciate that this is basically like a Mass Effect court drama? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I, that's what I really love about this, right? Is that it, God, it makes me want to go play it again. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that, like, uh, somebody, I, I forgot which one you mentioned earlier. I apologize about that, but somebody mentioned, like, there's no, like, you know, there's no big boss fight. Mm-hmm. You know, there, yeah. there's, you know, there's conflict, but the majority of the conflict it takes place uh, in in a trial, and and this was an interesting turn for Mass Effect Two. Um, and right. I would have liked to have seen more. I would have liked to have seen more, more. I don't know, more loyalty missions with this kind of a diverse. I don't know. It, it's hard to put my finger on it, but playing it makes me think of like a few good men, you know, like it's yeah, just this really great yeah. courtroom drama. And, uh, Oh, I, I wish there could have been, I wish there could have been more. This is yeah. like, this conversation is making me want to go boot up Mass Effect too. I'm not going to lie. 
That's hey. what we're here for. Yeah. No, let me tell you. Playing Mass Effect 2 in 2019, it's what all the cool kids are doing. Please, because, put, uh, please, just put them all on Switch, guys. Hell please. Hell yeah. Please. We are, we are proponents of that around these parts. Uh, but yeah. But it, beyond that. Yeah, so I wanted to you ask just... you, Ken, Mr. Um, I hate morality in Mass Effect 2, <laughs> and I hate this system, and I want to burn it to the ground. I want to hear your thoughts on all My thing is, I, I appreciate the choice that you're given regarding, like, maintaining Tally's loyalty, like, kind of maybe damning the whole fleet in the process, or, um, you know, doing what is basically good for both her and the fleet, and then not getting her loyalty, but that is kind of washed away when you get the option to kind of have your cake and eat it too when you either use like your paragon or renegade or if you do go through and you talk to literally every person in the admiralty ward you can kind of call the spade, call the court case like a, you can call a spade a spade and be like this is a very this is very much a like political thing that they're kind of throwing tally under the bus for and kangaroo court <laughs> toss the table <laughs> <over>. star chamber <laughs> <laughs> and so like i I feel like it's one of those things where I wish that there wasn't this sort of workaround that to like re- you had to make that real like real tough decision. And I mean, some people will have to do that if they don't, you know, if they don't have the Paragon Renegade backing to do it, or they don't talk to everybody. Like you have to have like Vitor and Rieger there as well. Like there are all these sort of like circumstances that culminate in you kind of getting like what I guess you can consider like the best possible outcome, where you get Tally's loyalty and you don't also like ruin her father's reputation. And it's just like. It was one of the weirdest things, like, and we've talked about several times in this this series, that I was somehow able to renegade my way through it, when normally that has not been the case, and it's because Mass Effect 2's loyal, or morality is a busted system, because normally I had to use, like, the rally the crowd, uh, which is like where you, you, know, you have to talk to everybody, you have to have all these various circumstances that are backing you up. So, I don't know, it's like, it, from, like, a meta perspective, I appreciate that there is a way for me to get around it all, but I also feel like it kind of undermines the choice that like the the really excellent like encapsulation of the loyalty concept to me mm-hmm. where like do do what sucks for you know the individual but helps the greater good or you know i don't know it's it's like there's a slightly braver version of this particular loyalty mission but i i, I don't want to undersell how incredible i think the actual mission as a I whole mean, is because it's just it's what's that Oh, I was just going to say, I think we're about to talk about the more dire version of this exact sort of quandary in the next loyalty mission we're going to yeah, talk about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're, you're right. That that um, that contrast between would you you know kill one to save the hundred, that sort of thing, is, is right. kind of what a lot of these loyalty missions come down to, and it, just in various different ways and, and in the ways that, that you go about dealing with it. But it is this constant question of how much do you care about your crewmate's good versus what may be seen as the greater good. I think Mass Effect 3 maybe does a little bit better of a job with that, right. uh, especially in terms of they'll kind of weigh out certain military options, military assets that would be greater than the thing that would be seen as the good option. Right. I'm looking at you, Croken uh, choice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're basically like, look, we will give you everything in the game if you make this really evil choice. <laughs> And you're just kind of yeah. sitting there like, no. Um, anyways, 
So that's Tally. Um, I, I do want to give a little bit of a wrap up here for Tally before we move on to the the Legion talk. Uh, and I'll start with John because we like to ask our guests when they come on. You know, when we reach out to folks to come on the show, um, I, I don't know because Ken handled this particular one, but uh, usually we try and ask, you know, like what characters do you specifically want to talk about because that gives us an idea of where we can schedule you and things like that. But it also gives us an idea of just the sort of people you want to talk about and the reasons why. And so now that we've got you here, we have you as a captive to our audience. Uh, what is it about Tali that sticks out to you as a character? I, th- You know what? I think her, her, this is a tough one. I would have to say her vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, I mean, she's a, she's a warrior. She's strong. Uh, and of course, you know, in Korean culture, everything is basically centered around family. Right. Um, but, and this is kind of driven home when you meet the rest. Like, like I, I, my, my opinion, like I, I love Tali because, you know, like she looked cool and her voice was cool and she was a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really didn't understand the depth of the character until her loyalty mission in, right. in Mass Effect 2 because it gave her a, not just a depth, but I think an empathy that the rest of the Admiralty, like, like I would say, like maybe with the exception of, uh, um, oh God, I don't know. Um, the only character in the Admiralty that I really could, uh, I, I don't know, Ron maybe would, 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 mm. would be the only one who I would say had that same level of, of kind of moral empathy. Well, I don't know. More moral, maybe moral may not be the right word, but I guess she was lo- she's far less extreme and she has a lot more layers right. than the rest of the uh than the rest of the Koreans that you're introduced to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like that that harkens back to my point about, you know, them identifying part of their culture with their uh with their you know, enmity uh with Geth. Um right. Tali, you know, Tali still had that that same that same enmity. She was, you know, she was raised to hate the Geth, but at the same time she was willing to learn and she was willing to adapt. Mm. Um, and she, for those reasons, I, I, I always love like some of the most interesting characters, not just in, not just in mass effect, but in, in, in movies or games or books or television to me are the ones who are willing to, to step away from the norm and step away from that comfort zone to consider mm. other viewpoints. And, and Tali kind of encompasses that for me. And, and so, and so after that, that that's another reason I consider her her loyalty mission my favorite because it showed me, it sh- like you know with with you know with other loyalty missions like you know for like you know uh, Samara or Jack you know like other characters you 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 pretty much know what to expect out of them for the most part they're you know the but but Tali really showed me another side of that character I didn't know was there and and that's why that's why I love not just her but that particular loyalty mission the way I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tali is this character who just ends up, much like some other characters in the series, becoming a representative for changing perspectives in their entire race. You know, Morden is the exactly. same for the Salarian, um, and I think Erdnot Rex is the same for, mm. for the Krogan. But Tali is so much more interesting, I think, because of all the characters that you meet, and, and this struck me a lot in Mass Effect 1 when we were replaying through that, they all kind of come from these interesting you know, slightly humble backgrounds, but, you know, Garrus was already a C-Sec officer. Rex was this hardcore mercenary. Uh, Liara was a doctor, which I'm not sure helps with combat, but she was, like, super smart and, like, well-versed in her field and all that. Tali was just 
in the right place at the wrong mm. time and suddenly got swept into all this. And while she does, you know, kind of hail from Admiralty in, in some ways, her beginning is very much she just happened to tap into the Geth and find this data and was hunted and just ran into Shepard. I always like that out of all of them from that first game she seems like she has the most humble beginnings and then just grows to this point where she's literally an admiral and helping shape the the future of her race and all that and she is like the the focal point around which you know relations between the Corian and the geth start to to form thanks to her relationship with legion and that's like really cool i just yeah she's an awesome character well, and, you know, speaking of relationships, like, she actually ended up being the character that my Commander Shepard romanced. Um, mm. So so this really, like, you know, when you consider, you know, like, you know, the role-playing implications of playing as Commander Shepard and, and ending up, you know, in an, in an intimate relationship with this character that you've been on this amazing loyalty quest for, just, in my mind, kind of deepened the relationship between right. Commander Shepard and Tali in the game and just made it that much more richer. Do you guys, I mean, does that make any mm-hmm. sense? Or? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Oh, for sure. We are, yeah. we are big on the implications of romance on this show. We are big thirst around <laughs> these parts. Um, yeah, and, and especially Tali's, I, feel, I've, I have never actually played it because every time I had played the game previously as a dude Shep, I had romanced Liara, except for one time I did the Ashley romance. Is regrettable. Um, say, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm and, sorry. You. I'm sorry. You went that way. And now I'm playing <laughs> as as female Shep, and I was so excited because I was like, I think I'm gonna finally see what that tally romance looks like. And Bioware just had to do me wrong like that. Mm. I wouldn't watch that. I wouldn't watch like the way that that last conversation goes if you're playing female Shepherd. Tally basically says, still says that she has feelings for female Shepherd, but then Bioware just says, nah. Like, it's the same thing that happened Tally, with Jack. Uh, like, Tally was... turns to the camera and is like, Bioware will not let me do this. I am sorry. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> yeah, we we had that whole talk about Jack, how she's literally like, yep, slept with dudes and with women. All good. And then you literally cannot romance her as as a girl. It's, it's just the weirdest. Thanks, Bioware. Thank you. Out here representing. <laughs> um... Let's talk about another super awesome, probably gay character. I don't know. Legion, <laughs> seems. I mean, fair. <laughs> uh, Legion, our super awesome, very good robot son, who we literally just picked up like two missions ago. If you're following the podcast, it was two missions ago. Uh, if you're playing the video game, this is probably also one of the most recent things you've done because you kind of get Legion at the very, very, very end of the game. <laughs> And uh, so it feels like a lot of his, its development happens in the span of like the snap of a finger. And it basically goes from, oh, hey, here's this weird sniper geth who's hanging around in N7 armor to, oh, here's Legion. He's, they're like the the biggest thing in the the geth and they're going to change the shape of the geth to come and stuff like that. And in, in some respects... I feel like this stuff is rushed, but also even replaying it now, I'm like, God, Legion kicks ass. He, mm. They're just the best. Legion's so awesome. I'm just going to He's say one of my he favorite characters in the entire for, series. For ease of use. But, yeah. Um, because, because he has a deep Legion voice. But um, yeah, so our, our whole mission here is Legion basically finds out that or you really find out that there are kind of splinter factions within the Geth 
and you're trying to turn a house divided into a house unified and uh taking out the heretics the so-called heretics that are i I think they're teaming or they're planning to team with the reapers they want to help out i think they're working with the collectors right now but they eventually want to like help out the reapers when the reapers show up yep (laughs) um this is this is maybe the start of one of my favorite jokes that happens a lot in mass effect 2 but even more in mass effect 3 as they're approaching the the station with the Normandy stealth systems, uh, Joker makes a joke <laughs> that if they just looked out the window, they would see them approaching, but the Geth don't have windows on their ship because it's like a structural weakness. And we talked about how the migrant fleet is this way to kind of see into Quarian culture and we get into all that stuff, but there is a part of me that just really wants to know what the day-to-day life for the geth is and we get to see even more of it uh as as this goes on and then later on in mass effect 3 and stuff but there's some wild stuff with the geth that mass effect starts to explore here that's just so much fun like it's it's so cool seeing a a robot culture that is living on its own right but it's also really it's also really cool to see the effects of this particular or loyalty mission um Mm -hmm in mass effect three mm-hmm. right. interesting to see uh because if memory serves me correctly if you rewrite the heretics and um in the mass effect three if you choose to ally with the geth then uh the geth fleet will get a huge bonus right, right? right. like so i'd said so, like that's just it's just one more like oh god bio uh what a what a great series i'm sorry i gotta gush for a minute <laughs> like just just thinking about it makes me smile yeah it and is, then the, if cool. you do the other decision the quarians will have more should you fight with them as well mm-hmm. it's it's all awesome but first we got to get there we got to get through this whole scene where we got to get legion in there and yeah sorry i'm jumping ahead man no, oh no we, do, we, <laughs> we do this all the time a lot of this and and ken you note this um that a lot of this is is front loaded in in plot and also that the actual mission here was pretty quick like i remember yeah. playing through it and being like Huh, I'm already at the part, the the thing that I always remember this mission for, that specific combat encounter, but everything else leading up to it is just really fast and okay, cool, we're we're in the ship, we're gonna take care of these uh these heretics, and eventually we get to this thing where we're just playing tower defense <laughs> with Geth, which is like this is we talk a lot about how, you know, like especially with the Quarians and with other loyalty missions, how it's cool and Mass Effect tries to break its own game and the way that it tries to subvert maybe the ways that you would expect it. And where all the the previous ones have been dialogue, it's been, oh, we're going to talk this out. We're not going to shoot this out. Here it's, we're going to shoot this out, but we're going to add in a bunch of weird, interesting combat twists that are going to make you think about the combat differently. And so it's this is cool to see this late in the game because it in technically in a mission that you could easily skip over that you could easily right. miss because by this point if you didn't know how the systems of the game worked you might have already accidentally activated the omega 4 relay stuff and now you might be jetting off unprepared because you got to go save some people and you could miss this mission entirely and it's honestly like one of the coolest combat encounters in the game so that's super mm. interesting that this is hidden away here um so we get through a little tower defense situation and we have our choices which are either to rewrite the heretics which will kind of convince it's 
I feel like this is still super ambiguous, even when they describe it, because just because the idea of the Geth in general as this singular entity is is supposed to be intentionally confusing. But uh, you can rewrite the heretics to make them all believe the same way, or you can destroy the station, and that will kind of just destroy the heretics and take care of that issue too. And so, first, I want to hear from our resident monster, um, our resident terrible person, Kenneth Shepard. What did you choose? Mm. What'd you do? So I went with destroying the heretics because of course you. Did. It's one of the. What, I I'm not the monster here. <laughs> You're the one that Kenneth brainwashed Shepard mission. If there isn't a high body count at the end, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so my thing is, I I don't really know that there's like a good option here because. If you okay, so let's say that you believe that the Geth are like these living beings, like you know, to, like you believe this unit has a soul. You're essentially brainwashing thousands to millions of people mm-hmm. to like that. That is the paragon choice. That is like the the thing that in in theory like gets you you know more foot soldiers for the war is to brainwash like roughly half a species. So. My thing is, like, and again, like, and I don't really know how to, like, explain it without it sounding, like, as awful as it is, because either, like, I think either choice is just kind of messed up. I, I destroy the heretics because, to me, that feels like the more humane thing to do, rather than, because, like, we don't, we can only really understand how the Geth actually, like, function in terms of their programming to, as you know, as well as we can and the society we do with like without the mass effect technology that allows them to make these sentient beings um so like coming from that perspective as a human like would we would we rather brainwash people that are like gonna that are a threat to us or would we rather kill them all i think again there's no (laughs) real good answer here but it's one does one seems less perverse to me hmm interesting that you bring that up john i want to hear your take well what did you do when you did this mission i actually went with rewriting the geth um yeah and the the reason i did was because you know like and not everybody's going to pick up on this but the, this one kind of leapt out at me uh, the first time i played it and especially like you know when uh given the context between you know the heretics and and the reapers so a house divided is a reference to abraham lincoln's uh very first speech on slavery mm. boy we're really um, big on the civil war today yeah <laughs> right yeah and, and 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 so that really hit home for me because in a way like you know the geth were enslaved uh by the um by the reapers uh you know and and so not only was it the altruist, like, so like, not only to me, like all, you know, like in my personal life, I'm all about trying to help people find a better path. Now I understand mm-hmm. that the Geth aren't people. Having said that, um, uh, legions, you know, legions, personality and legions, uh, you know, legions, little idiosyncrasies, uh, led me to believe that he was, he, he was more than just a sentient machine, you know, the, you know, a, a character like legion, could be made to feel morals and, you know, could be made to reason. And I figured, I figured why not do that for the rest of the Geth as well? Why not make them better? And at the same time, you know, strengthen my own cause, strengthen my own forces. Mm. Um, So 
given that context, given that context of slavery, I chose to rewrite the Geth. Uh, and in Mass Effect 3, when I imported my save, it paid off dividends. Um, right. So, uh, you know, I think that was the right choice for me. Um, but this is one of those missions where I don't think there's a right or wrong choice, only... Mm. only what you what you deem to be in favor right. of the greater good right and you bring up at the end there that there is like a strictly utilitarian way of looking at this like well more guns on our side's always better so exactly let's just right rewrite them and that's why like i'm super glad we talked about the having the cake and eating it too up above because if there had been some sort of magic option here where you could reason with the geth somehow to convince them all that the reapers are actually bad and that they should all just join in their own free accord like that totally could have been a renegade or paragon option but i like that it just does not give you that it's going to give you two Mm -hmm. options and you're gonna pick one of them and in a way like (laughs) the the binary is kind of like almost i don't think this was on purpose if it was that's very interesting bioware good job uh but like a little nod and a wink to the fact that this is like just dealing with machines you cannot reason with them the same way that you could swing a crowd or a jury or something like that you you just have choices that you have to make it is a one or a zero which one is it going to be and in that way this loyalty mission always sticks out to me because whereas this previous one with tali it was this big grandiose drama and you have all these characters and you're seeing this place you've never seen before this one is the game telling you hey remember that thing that you can always use to kind of subvert the the consequences and just always get what you want you don't get that here you got to make a choice you got to live with it uh it it reminds me a little bit of the rachni queen from Mm. the first game where it's oh that's a good comparison there isn't there isn't like a thing that you can hit that's going to make it like oh the rachni queen will never do anything bad and everything will be okay and everyone will love the rachni queen like no you are either loosing an evil into the world and hoping that it keeps its promise or you're doing the thing that seems best for everyone involved uh at the cost of wiping out an entire race and (laughs) like I like the binary choice here. I think that's really cool. I think that's a good way to like wrap up the loyalty missions by giving you one last one. And also, while we're on the subject, this is the one where uh, you get his lo- you get Legion's loyalty from this basically either way. Um, now, technically, you do still have to go through one more conversation that we will talk about in a moment. But I find it interesting that the mission choice does not specifically affect. Legion's loyalty. Either way, uh, Legion is coming out quote-unquote loyal to you, um, or at least not decided one way or the other. Uh, But then we gotta gotta deal with one last conversation here, because it turns out that uh, Tali's totally not down with it. (laughs) This whole thing that has just gone down. And uh, she is basically being like, well, it's, it's either you or me, and you gotta we got to talk here and I have never actually seen the bad outcomes of this. Cause I've always been able to talk them down and retain both of their loyalties. But Ken resident monster, I'm sure you have seen the bad outcome of this. <laughs> well, so the thing we did, I don't think we actually even talked about the Miranda and Jack conflict when we did those episodes. But so after the end of both or both of these loyalty missions, 
Italian legions and also Jack and Miranda's, you have these conflicts between your crew, which I kind of wish they had done some more because I think they're like some of the like it's a really interesting dynamic to have these people that are all very different, you know, in this one concentrated you environment. Like that a is Morgan the Grunt thing, or something yeah, and like, like, and there is there is audio files for a Morgan Grunt. Wait, really? Uh, yeah, and it just they just didn't implement it. Um, wow. And so the thing about both of these is that the Miranda and Jack one has a lower renegade threshold to get the intimidate option to just get like basically put the fight to rest and maintain both loyalty, and the Italian Legion one has a lower paragon threshold so when you get like so like i know for like from experience my brother who was a very, very paragon player was never able to get out of the miranda and jack uh conversation unscathed like he always had to lose jack's loyalty um whereas with the italian legion one i've never been able to get their loyalty uh in the actual conversation but i was able to go talk to legion afterwards right, yeah and um i for some for some reason, because this keeps happening while we're doing this show, I had the higher... I had enough Paragon to get through the Paragon check to maintain both their loyalty, which, I mean, and I am a primary Renegade player. I have a full Renegade bar at this point. Like, by the time that I imported my save so we could start working on Mass Effect 3, I had a full Renegade bar, and I had, like, maybe 60-70% Paragon at this point. And yet, there it was. Like, this option I'd never had before, and one that felt like, I guess... It also felt very antithetical to the character that I've been playing and it's just like uh, I'm, I'm really glad that we're done with this fucking game so like, I don't have to deal with this particular problem anymore because it keeps getting in the way of me trying to make Shepard the character that I believe him to be and it's just uh, I <laughs> <laughs> I I've never quite been able to figure out how the loyal or not the loyalty the um the reputation stuff the Paragon Renegade stuff works in this game because I also had like Renegade stuff pop up and I'm full Paragon but I never had those options in any of these high confrontations which makes me wonder if maybe it's just a lower bar for Paragon than it is for Renegade. Well, it's, it's weird, right? Like, like I I was Paragon but I didn't think I would have sufficient Paragon ranking to to actually like. Making a make a change here because like you mm-hmm. know when this happened I was like oh god here this is what I was afraid of you know I was mm-hmm. like I'm gonna lose other Legion or Tali and how am I gonna choose and and then it was like oh no 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 you can just calm them down and I was like I was like uh, like I was like oh okay like I uh all right like this is the, this was actually the first time in the game that option had come up for me um right. so I was like oh okay and you know what like it happened it happened again once the entire game I think and that was it. So I was like, yeah. so I, I agree. With, I, I agree with you guys. It, I think it's a little, I, I, I don't know, like something's off there, right? It's busted. Yeah, there's something weird in, in the numbers and the system and something like that, which it, it does make me like sincerely wonder if Renegade is an intentionally harder path to walk in Mass Effect 2. Like they just made it that way that the, the percentage requirements for Renegade are X amount higher. Maybe there's some invisible numbers happening behind that bar that you don't see. Who knows? Which is weird because like game. Star Wars taught us all that the dark side is quicker and more seductive. I don't, <laughs> I, know, I don't understand. And that's that's how what they call me in college, man, was quicker and seductive. That's <laughs> 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 so uh, mm. we we get this all taken care of. Uh, I, I do like that you brought up that you can do that weird thing where you can kind of take Legion aside afterwards and be like, "Just kidding, don't tell her." Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's maybe one of my favorite like dialogue options in this entire game just because of how ridiculous it is that you're doing like a, a jk with a robot who doesn't understand sarcasm and things like that um but 
as we did for Tully, John, I want to ask you specifically, what is it about Legion that you like? So this is weird, right? So like I was a U.S. Marine. Um, and in boot camp, they literally program you to think a certain way, right? Um, in the Marine Corps, you know, in boot camp, you know, they they literally they they tear you down and then they build you back up into a Marine. You're programmed, which is what to expect. Yeah. Um, but then I happen to be in an MOS, which is military occupational specialty, in which they tell you, you know, forget all that stuff you learned at boot camp. You need to think for yourself here. Um, yeah. and I feel like there are a lot of interesting parallels between that train of thought and Legion. Um, you know, a creature who was quite literally programmed to think one way and and is now, you know, for lack of a better term, rewired to to think a different way. Um, and so it, it it sounds odd, but that in a way made me identify with his character more than many of the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because I am familiar with that, I'm familiar with that feeling of being programmed to do one job and then suddenly, suddenly finding your wires crossed and being told, you know, we need you to think on your own. Um, and so, so, so yeah, like that, that would, that, that's, I think that is, I think, um, why I identify with Legion more than almost any other member of the entire Mass Effect cast. Um, also, he's just got a sick design. I love his visual design. Mm-hmm. Like he's just such got a cool seven armor. Yeah, he's just God, he's just such a cool looking character. But but uh, yeah yeah that's why I uh, that's why I like his character so much. Yeah, he's he's so interesting because he's also an antagonist that has become a crewmate, but also exactly. in a way that is super interesting. This idea that he is a standalone platform but also part of a larger whole he is multiple processes he is not a single unit but he's also kind of developing his own personality like ken noted the n7 armor and things like that he's begun to define his own body as his own and not just a tool for a greater whole and ascribes value to that so then when it leads to the things that happen in mass effect 3 it it adds so much more weight to that to those decisions and it's yeah legion is this really interesting exploration of all all these things that come up all the time in sci-fi you know you you can throw a stone and hit five different sci-fi short stories about ai and um you know the development of sentient life and from technology and things like that but i think legion is handled in a way within the mass effect universe within the confines of the game and the systems it uses to develop that story so well that he just begins to stand out and, and especially among your crew as he's, he's Geth. He's, he's that thing that you were shooting at all the time. And he even shoots with you at the Geth, but he is not purely Geth. He is not defined by his Gethhood. And that is, he's just a cool character. God, I love him. He's great. (laughs) Um, so Ken, I believe we have one last order of business. Uh, you got to run our guests through, I don't know why we call this lightning round. It always sounds so intimidating when it's like three questions, but... <laughs> There'll gonna... be more in Mass Effect 3. There's we're... a lot more to talk about there. We're going to throw a quick little survey at our, our guest John here to get kind of an idea oh of his Mass Effect playthrough because we always like hearing from our guests about the way that they play Mass Effect and, and why. So if you'd like to take it away, Ken. All right. We're not going to do a drum roll because then I'll have to edit it out. But um. <laughs> You can't if we're, we're not a video podcast, but I'm drumming the air in front of me. 
All right. So first question, you actually had to answer this one, but who did you romance? Oh, Tali, by far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tali all the way. Yeah. Uh, did you lose anybody on the suicide mission? Did I lose anybody on this particular mission? No, I did not. The oh, no, on the, sui- on the suicide mission. On the suicide mission, I lost Jack. Mm. Oh. Which is fine did, because did, I didn't really care for Jack. So that, that's Ooh. also fair. But like, did you did you go back and like replay the suicide mission to get her back? No, I really didn't like Jack. Mm. <laughs> I, you know, I I respect people that do that because I know a lot of people that lost like half the crew, but then they go back and fix it, and it's like just no, nah, man, you got to live with the bed you made. Come on. Wait, hold on, um, hold on. Did I, lo- did I lose somebody else? Did I lose oh. somebody else? I think you know what. Now that I think about it, I might have lost somebody else, but I can't remember who it was. That sounds like Zaid to me. That's <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah. Like right, like oh god, talk about expendable character. I mean, I'll tell you this much: had it been Thane, you bet your ass I would have gone mm. back and played it again. How about that? Yeah, fair, fair. I mean, Z- Jack is like the easiest to lose. I think. I mean, we'll be talking about this next week when we actually do the suicide mission uh, podcast. But I think Jack is one of the easiest characters to lose overall. i think you're right if if we look at i will be looking at the flow chart next week and dissecting it don't worry but yeah. uh did you keep or destroy the collector base oh i kept it i'm an altruist mm, okay all right all right hey hey i made the same choice this time around what more more gut yeah. you know what you we know what it's all you know what more 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 weapons in my corner and the fight is never a bad thing exactly and at this point in time you know even if the elusive man seems a little off his rocker, staying on his good side is probably a good thing. Yeah. From the ending of Mass Effect 2 alone, <laughs> to keep not taking into account side. anything that happens later, not taking into account any sort of ass pull that narratively happens later on in the series. Oh boy, can we just? Oh. I, I just hit a part in my Mass Effect three playthrough why I like literally wrote down this is where shit went off the rails for me. <laughs> Mm. Woo, buddy! All right, all right, that'll do it. Well, there we go. All right, so I want to thank you, John, for coming on, hanging out on our podcast today, talking all things Tally and Legion. It was wonderful having you. Oh man, this was great. I I will come back anytime you guys want me. This was this was awesome. You guys are great. We're we're gonna have to make a regular habit of it. In the meantime, where can folks find you? Where's the best uh, place to to find all the things that you do on the interwebs? Uh, well, uh, if you're interested, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Mr. Megative. Um, you can also, I would rather you follow our official podcast Twitter, to be honest with you, uh, at official SDGC. And you can catch us every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on live on Twitch. See, they do their podcast live, Ken. Look at that. They're like way more organized. We like to live dangerously. We have, we have way too many disasters on the show for us to do that. So. We do. You gotta no embrace one... it. No, no. You don't have as many as we do, but you gotta embrace it. You gotta embrace the disasters. <laughs> That's what gives you character. It's what makes it great. Yeah, you say that, and then if you heard some of the outtakes like from last week, uh, you would not want those to happen live on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as always, I am Eric. That was Ken. It was wonderful having y'all on. Thank you for tuning in. Next week is the suicide mission. It's the big one. Buckle in, boys and girls. We're going to head off, take down some collectors. They've got our friends. They've got weapons that we want. And most of all, they're just people that we want to see taken out of this universe because they're with the Reapers. And that's about it. But until next time, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you on Normandy FM. Dormidia film.